Welcome to the BGSM Podcast. I'm Daniel Friedman, and today I'm delighted to be speaking with Dr. Hassan Mahmoud about mental health and cricket. Dr. Mahmoud is a psychiatrist based in Birmingham, England, who has a keen interest in sport and exercise medicine. He recently authored a chapter about mental health emergencies in cricket in a new book titled Case Studies in Sports Psychiatry. Dr. Mahmoud, thank you for joining us on the podcast. Thank you very much for having me today, Daniel. It is no secret that mental health is a problem in elite sport. The intense bubble that athletes find themselves within leads many to fall out of love with the game and suffer from anxiety, depression, and other mental health problems. Our listeners have tuned in to many BGSM podcasts about how clinicians can support athlete mental health, especially in times of COVID. Why is mental health an issue in cricket, both this year and in previous years? For many years, there have been cricketers who have suffered from mental health difficulties, and I think over time, this has helped to decrease the stigma as some cricketers have come out and talked about the difficulties, which has enabled those following on to be more open about the problems that they've gone through. What's been really encouraging for me is that over the past year or so, some players have been supported in taking breaks from the game to address their mental health issues. We know that with the game, that given the nature of it, it's quite unique um, and the frequent touring away from home, players may be especially prone to developing depression. The game is analysed to the nth degree, isn't it, with lots of replays and focus on possible mistakes until the next game or maybe even longer. It's very much a statistics-focused game, which can be quite difficult, especially if you're struggling. There's just no hiding place. In terms of uh, the game, if you're a batsman in particular, it's all very finite. One ball can end your innings. If you're batting towards the end of a day and you've got little to gain, that can be difficult and then if you get out cheaply there's a lot of time for you to reflect on your performance. We know the game also in recent times especially since the advent of T20 cricket is played across 12 months and it's you know due to the domestic leagues in particular and players obviously want to safeguard their financial futures but the international tours now are packed into smaller time frames, players are away from home for lengthy periods of time and there's a risk of burnout and I'd also say that over the past decade or so with social media changing the landscape of the world, there's lots of scrutiny on the performance of players and some players may be subject, have been subject to abuse, which has been highlighted. You've mentioned many reasons as to why mental health is a problem in cricket, but are any of these problems truly unique to cricket? Do we not see the same problems in other sports, in other athletes? So, I mean, we know, Daniel, that physical activity, including sport, is good for your mental health, don't we? There's little to no evidence to suggest that professional sports people experience mental health difficulties or issues at a higher rate than the general population. But we do know there are numerous examples of sports people who have suffered mental health difficulties and it would be unfair to single out cricket. We know the mental health symptoms and disorders are common amongst elite athletes and could affect performance. We know the reported prevalence of mental health symptoms and disorders amongst male elite athletes from team sports varies from 5% for burnout and adverse alcohol used in nearly 45% for anxiety and depression. That's quite telling, isn't it? We know that anxiety, depression, sleep disturbance are prevalent in professional cricketers, and this may be associated with various factors, such as surgery, adverse life events, the tough, relentless schedules and career dissatisfaction. I mean, there are various hypotheses relating to mental health issues in cricketers, although they would require further research. I've talked about the packed schedule, I've talked about the large amount of time that cricketers might have to reflect on performance. For me, it's unique as, although it's ultimately a team sport, there's a lot of focus on the individual contests between the batsman and the bowler. I also feel that 
large amounts of mental energy are consumed in the game with every ball being an event, as it were. For people who may watch cricket, you see batsmen shadow batting between balls as well to ensure they meet the ball with the full face of the bat. And bowlers encouraged to bowl a consistent line and length at lengthy periods of time. I wonder whether that lends itself to people who have perfectionistic traits. When should a team engage a sports psychologist? And when should they seek the support of a psychiatrist? I think that's a really good question, Daniel. And within cricket teams, I think that psychology colleagues tend to primarily focus on improving performance. There's a very famous example from last year's Cricket World Cup, where England had started really well and then lost a couple of games against Sri Lanka and Australia in the middle of the group phase, which left them on the verge of being knocked out of the World Cup in their own conditions. So the team psychologists provided lots of reassurance and support which allowed the team's anxiety to be relieved before the crucial game against India Edge Baston. I read that a prominent player opened up about being nervous um, when talking to the sports psychology colleague over a coffee ahead of the must-win game against India. He was asked by the psychologist to repeat what he had said amongst the team and talk about his worries as it was very powerful. The team embraced the nervous energy. They came together during the meeting and opened up it was really felt that the senior players' comments had a positive effect and settled the team. The team never looked back. They won the crunch games against India and New Zealand in the group phase to reach the knockout stages before winning the semi-final and final to lift the World Cup for the first time. A sports psychologists could be engaged to address conditions such as performance anxiety, including using cognitive behavioural therapy, relaxation techniques, breathing and mindfulness. Psychological treatment is generally seen to be the initial treatment of those with mild to moderate symptoms of mental illness. Now, although this should ideally be in-house, some players may find it more comfortable to talk about the mental health difficulties to psychologists outside of the team bubble, where the focus may be mostly on performance. In terms of a sports psychiatrist, one would need to engage one when there's a requirement for initiation of a psychotropic medication and or there's a concern about the person's mental health difficulties and if they're potentially causing a risk to themselves and or others. As with any person, you may come across mental health emergencies. If there's an acute deterioration in mental health, for example, if the person is agitated, there's suicidal ideation or possible psychotic symptoms, it's worth having structured plans in place, knowing which personnel or emergency services to contact and also to consider mental health legislation relevant to the place you're in given that cricket is very much a global game. When a person's experiencing mental health difficulties, it's important, of course, to primarily support the individual, but also to think about the effect it might have on teammates around them. Does that mean that every team should ideally have a sports psychologist as part of the medical team? Daniel, in an ideal world, that would be great. When I look around the world, I know a number of teams have sports psychology colleagues working with them. I'm also aware that some teams may not have that facility and cricket is very much played across a diverse group of test nations where there may be different beliefs about mental health and that's something that we need to address. You mentioned before that the mental health of one athlete or one player can impact the mental health of the rest of the team and we know that teammates should be looking out for one another and that coaches should be looking out for their players. But I was wondering, what do you think mental health screening for athletes should look like? What should it involve? So I think the mental health screening for the athletes should be able to identify those who are already experiencing or at risk of developing mental health difficulties. 
good screening tools would allow, in my opinion, mental symptoms and disorders to be picked up at an earlier stage. And these could be tailored for completion by professionals themselves, support staff, and other people around them. We need research to determine how often we can screen athletes. A screening tool should ideally, in my opinion, capture triggers for symptoms and the most important periods to screen are following severe injury, transition in and out of the sport, and in the lead up to and after major events. We know there have been some good examples of mental health screening within the cricketing world. Cricket Australia have an individual app for regular check-ins for mental health, which includes looking at well-being, fatigue and sleep levels. I personally find it really encouraging to see that Cricket Australia have recently stated that they had planned to appoint a mental health and well-being lead. This is really groundbreaking within the world of cricket, but I hope that with time this becomes a new norm. Given what I've said earlier, um, screening for anxiety and depression, um, as well as for adverse alcohol use in cricketers around the world, would be a really positive move. It would allow those requiring treatment to access it at the right time. For me, it's really crucial to train the current and next generation of cricketers to be able to screen for mental health difficulties. And last but not least, we know that test cricket Bit, like I've said before, is played across a number of diverse countries. The structure mental health support for elite cricketers in countries like England, Australia, New Zealand, but less so in non-Western nations. And I think it'd be imperative to tailor screening tools to meet the mental health needs of people in the non-Western countries, taking into account the variety of cultures and languages. Also, I think it's really important, particularly in South Asia, as the players under a lot of pressure from fanatical fans and also to keep their place in the team in some countries as the financial consequences of losing their place could be significant. You've spoken about a few things that different cricket organisations are already doing to support cricketers' mental health, but what else could be done at a team or organisational level to support the mental health of all athletes? So in terms of what's already been done at a team or organisational level, it helps to think of elite athlete mental health starting from the athlete, moving outwards to those around them, like coaches, family and friends, and support staff the sport and the wider sporting environment and social media. A number of teams have sports psychology um, practitioners supporting the team. I've alluded to an example earlier. In terms of organisation level, the Professional Cricketers Association in England offer workshops focusing on players' mental health. Australian Cricket has the app, which I mentioned earlier, and they've also rolled out a psychoeducation programme for players. I saw a cricketer in the last few days talking a video for the Australian Cricketers Association about a pleasing shift in cricket, which he reported has become a safe space to talk about mental health, which is really positive. In New Zealand, there's a programme which includes a focus on the well-being of cricketers. I also know that Cricket Island have recently agreed to work with Inspire Workplaces, which is a mental health support service provider. In some of the test nations, there's no available structured mental health support, which ideally needs to be addressed. In terms of what can be done to improve the mental health of athletes, I think it's really important to support elite athlete mental health and well-being through mental health literacy and increasing awareness of signs about mental ill health amongst athletes. This can be done through programs to players, coaches and support staff. It's about offering psychoeducation, about common conditions like anxiety, depression, alcohol misuse. And the earlier the issues are identified, the more timely the person can be assessed and treated. I think it's really crucial for me that players informed about how they can receive support and from whom. All of this would help to reinforce an athlete's mental health 
is as crucial as the physical health. And these open conversations will continue to decrease the stigma around the mental health of elite athletes. As a clinician, you can help out at the community sport level. You can also volunteer to work at a club. It's about starting at the grassroots, building up the culture of being able to discuss mental health issues from an early age. Based on all of your experience as a psychiatrist, what are your key take-home messages for our listeners, the sport and exercise medicine community, on what we can do to support the mental health of all athletes? For me, the take-home messages for clinicians listening to the podcast are as follows. Firstly, it's about the current and newer generation of cricketers being offered psychoeducation about common conditions like anxiety, depression, alcohol misuse. I think that's really important. Secondly, cricket players should be advised to check on their teammates when they're concerned about their mental health. They should be able to freely ask each other whether they're okay. The third thing is players should be informed about who they need to contact if they require mental health support. The worst thing that could happen is that a player requires mental health support but doesn't know who to ask and where they could seek the support. Fourthly, you should look to form structured plans in the case of potential mental health emergencies, as I stated earlier, including knowing who to contact and having an awareness of local policies and mental health legislation. My final point is that it's really important to keep decreasing the stigma and fostering open conversations about the mental health of cricketers. We've come a really long way in the last couple of decades, but there's still room for improvement. Very powerful words to end the podcast, Dr. Mahmoud. If our listeners would like to find out more about you or your work, where should they go? The first thing I'd like to say is that you can follow me on Twitter. My handle is um, at Hassan, H-A-S-S-A-N-M-A-H-M-O-O-D-D-R. You can read the book Case Studies in Sports Psychiatry, where I co-authored the cricket chapter. It was recently released and is a very interesting read, so I would recommend that. I've also done some other interviews relating to the mental health of elite cricketers. There is some literature on the mental health of cricketers, but a lot more needs to be done. And I'm hoping that in the future, if I get a chance to come back on again, I can talk about the work that has been done. Thank you for listening to this BJSM podcast with Dr. Hassan Mahmoud. If you enjoyed this podcast, please share it with friends or leave us a review and connect through our social media channels. You can listen to a new clinically relevant BJSM podcast every Friday. And there is no better place to find them than on the BJSM app. As always, we hope you have a physically active day.